Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If it's your first time here this morning, thank you so much for for coming, we are glad you're here, and, and being the first-time person here today is a good thing because we are going to be beginning our series of studies in and on the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. And what an incredible, incredible um, subject this is uh, for me to, uh, to undertake. I mean, just preparing the study and preparing to... Uh, to get ready for it, you know, I was telling them the first and second service that it felt as if, you know, this whole study of the Holy Spirit, it, it feels as if you're, you're taking, you know, a, a, an ocean and trying to put it into a pint uh, container because it's so vast, it's so awesome, it's so, so great and mighty. And I didn't really even know where to begin or where to tell you to turn in your Bibles this morning. So what I thought we'd do is why don't we just all close our eyes and just open the Bible where you turn to. Just go ahead and do that now. Yeah, are, are you there yet? Now, how many of you turn to Psalm 19, verse 14? It says, A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. And some of the wives are going, you better not say nothing, honey. But, you know, I did that little exercise, first and second service, because I think it's sad but true. But many people think that this is the way the Holy Spirit moves. They think if we are just led by the Spirit, then somehow we'll all end up in unity. And I think that understanding comes from, comes out of the fact that people's understanding of the Holy Spirit comes out of their experiences rather than coming out of the Word of God. Now, I know for myself, coming out of uh, the Church of God in Christ, which is a holiness church, Pentecostal church, um, I know that my experiences with the Holy Spirit were quite different, I'd have to say, than what the Word of God says and what the Word of God teaches. And I began, as many people do, to take their experiences and base their experience on their knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And so you have all kinds of situations, you have all kinds of teachings, all kinds of understanding concerning this subject of the Holy Spirit. And so even, you know, on any given Sunday, in any given church around the country, I mean, people are doing all kinds of things in the name of the Holy Spirit. 
It's, it's unbelievable. I remember some years ago, it just makes me think of some years ago when we were, um, went to church one Sunday morning, and I guess the preacher was talking about the walls of Jericho and, you know, how the children of Israel went around the walls of Jericho seven times, and when they got around on the seventh time, the walls came a-tumbling down. And I remember that. And so they said, well, today, you know what we're going to do? We're all going to get up out of our seats and we're all going to run around the church seven times until the walls in your life come out tumbling down. And so we all got up. We're all running around. I mean, this is a whole church full of people running around the church like seven times. And when you get around that seventh time, the spirit of God is going to move and that kind of thing. And, and, and I tell you, when I got around the seventh time, the spirit of God didn't move on me. I was just tired and sweating. But people are doing all kinds of things. It makes me think of in the church today. Some of you may have heard of Holy Ghost drunkness or being drunk in the spirit. We've all heard of that. And I've even seen even on television and people are drunk in the spirit. And they're, you know, wearing lampshades on their heads and walking around, you know, like drunk people. It's unbelievable. In many churches around the country, in the name of the Spirit, people are growling like animals. This is the Spirit of God moving. People growling like animals and clucking like chickens and barking like dogs. And even here in the Triangle, I've heard of a, a church where, you know, they have gold pixie dust coming down and filling people's teeth, giving them gold teeth. All in the name of the Spirit of God. Now, I realize, don't misunderstand me, I realize that this whole subject of the Holy Spirit is probably one of the most misunderstood and controversial subjects in the church today. And that's why I thought for us, we just finished our study last week in the book of Revelation, and I don't know if David told you, I wasn't here for announcements, but if he told you that this series is available, if you want to pick up the, the CD packet in the book of Revelation, um, we finished that last week. And this week I thought, why don't we over the next several months just bring some understanding and some clarity to this very hot, controversial topic of the Holy Spirit. And I think that it's an important subject because if we are going to be Christians who walk the walk and not only talk the talk, if we're going to be Christians that are truly powerful Christians, you know, we talk about the power of God, we talk about God moving and the power of God on the church and on the people. You know, if we're really going to be powerful Christians, victorious Christians, excited Christians, Christians who are, who, who are really salt and light and effective in the world today, we're going to have to understand this subject of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna, you know why? Because Zacharias said it like this. He said, it's not by might. Say it with me if you know it. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What's by his spirit? Everything about the Christian life. Everything about this Christian life is really the motivating movement and the power of the spirit. Because you can't walk as a Christian in your flesh. I don't know how many times I've given it a try and I can tell you it doesn't work. You can't do this in the flesh. You must do it by the Spirit of God. And if we're going to have these experiences and walk as victorious Christians and have an alive, vibrant relationship with God, we most certainly had better get a good understanding of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen, saints? And so over the next several weeks, I thought that months, I thought that we might 
just in a series of topical studies on the Holy Spirit, began to deal with some of these um, hot controversial issues. So over the next several months, we're going to be talking about, and here's the outline that you can use for the next several months. Get your pad out and your pens, because I I want you to take notes this morning. But... um, and this will be our outline over the next several months. I'd like to be a little bit more definitive, but don't know how the Lord's going to take us and how deep and in-depth we'll be going. But, but here's the outline we'll be dealing with over the next several months. We'll first of all talk about his personality, the personality of the Spirit. He is the third person, not a force, not an it, not an energy, not an essence, not electricity. He is the third person of the Godhead. And then we'll talk about his deity, And actually, we'll deal with that next Sunday morning. The deity, the Holy Spirit, is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And we'll talk about that over the next week. We'll actually begin that piece. And then the third part of our outline, we'll talk about his work. What does he do in the lives of the believers, in the church? We'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and we'll talk about each one of those gifts. Why don't you begin praying now, Lord, what's my gift? Because I want to use my gift to be a blessing to the body of Christ. So we'll talk about that over the next several months. And then last, but certainly not least, we'll talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or the infilling, the filling up of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's your outline for the next several months. His personality, his deity, his work, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about that over the next several months. This morning, we'll be looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, the person. Give me your attention. The Bible is clear. I believe the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit, as I said, is the third person of the triune God, the Trinity. Now, you say to me, Rodney, the Bible doesn't even use the word Trinity. Where are you getting that from, man? Well, You're right. The Bible doesn't use the word Trinity, although we can see the same attributes, characteristics, nature of God the Father, God the Son, we also see in God the Holy Spirit. And next week, we'll talk about that in depth, the deity of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Trinity, third person of the Godhead. Now, It is difficult, I think, to picture the Holy Spirit. It is difficult. I mean, matter of fact, we've got all kinds of symbols in the church to represent the Holy Spirit. The dove and fire. Uh, We've got many symbols. It's difficult to picture the Holy Spirit. Not so difficult to picture God the Father. I mean, we all know what a father looks like. And so we can picture God the Father. We can picture God the Son, Jesus Christ. We can find him in the Gospels. As you study the Gospels, you can see the different pictures of Jesus and how he's loving people and loving and receiving people. That makes me think of the woman at the well, how he just loved her and led led her step by step to him. And and the woman caught in adultery, we can see how Jesus loved her. And, And so we can picture God the Son as we look at the gospel, we can see what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's like and what he did. But it's very difficult to picture the Holy Spirit. That's a little bit more difficult. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not tangible. You can't touch him. 
You can't really, you know, he's not in a, in a person. One sister came up to me after service, and she, the second service, and she said, you know, when I think of a person, she said, I think of a body like this. And I said, she said, it's hard for me to picture the Holy Spirit because I think of a person. And I went, me too. She said, you too? Yeah, I, I can't really picture the Holy Spirit because I think of a body as a person, but the Bible doesn't teach that, that, that you are a person because you have a body. Your body is not you. Your spirit is you. That's a whole nother sermon. But, but your spirit is you. And when you die, your body goes back to the dirt from which it came. And you go, your spirit goes to heaven. So it is difficult to picture the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit because he's not tangible. You can't hold him. Yet the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, this whole subject of the Holy Spirit, very controversial. This subject has split churches. Can you believe it? It has split churches, and, and churches have split over how to understand the Holy Spirit throughout the ages, throughout the centuries. People have had their understanding and what they've come to believe about the Holy Spirit. The United Pentecostal Church, or some of you might know the local church with a man named Witness Lee. They believe in Jesus only. They don't believe in the Father or the Holy Spirit. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they teach that the Holy Spirit is a personal force that exudes on people to do the will of the Father. Mormons, now they're a little bit more difficult to nail down, but Mormons believe the Holy Spirit is a force, a substance, a fluid, and a person sometimes. Sometimes he's confined to a body and sometimes not. Sometimes he has God-like qualities, the Mormons say, and sometimes not. Mary Baker Eddy of Christian Science, she believes that the Holy Spirit is the power and the force behind divine science. And then you have the Unitarian Church. Well, they believe the very spirit of truth lies latent in each and every one of us. And the Unification Church with Sung Young Moon believes that the Holy Spirit is a female spirit. And she cleanses the sins of people in order to restore them. And then in the Middle East, you've got Hinduism and Buddhism who don't believe in the spirit at all. They teach karma. They believe that there's a force that interacts with people. And then, of course, Muhammad. Muhammad doesn't believe, or Muslims, pardon me, they don't believe in the, the spirit of God. They believe in Allah. And then you have Luke Skywalker who says, you know, may the force be with you. And people believe everything, anything. They have different beliefs about the Holy Spirit. Well, what I want to try to do over the next several months is to go through with you not what Rodney believes about the Holy Spirit, but what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. That's why Rodney believes it. Not because I choose to believe whatever it is that I want to believe about the Holy Spirit. And let me just challenge you, even now as we begin, to just say, okay, Lord, whatever I've learned, whatever I know, whatever I think I know, let me know what I know based on what your word says. Maybe we could just commit to doing that, and then we'll all be taught, and then we'll all be the much stronger and more mature as a result of it. So what we're going to talk about this morning 
begin our study in the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at his personality. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14. And if you forgot your Bible this morning, shame on you. We actually have it for you on the screen. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15, talking about the power, the, the personality and the, the person of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. I guess we all should say amen because it's on the screen and in your Bible. So if you're there, say amen. amen. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you, underline this, would you, another helper that he may abide with you forever. And notice he's going to give another helper that he, notice the personal pronoun here, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him, the personal pronoun, nor knows him, but you know him, disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Notice that in verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. If we could get a glimpse into the room where the disciples are gathered right now, I'm sure that we would all see 11 men whose faces are flush, whose palms are sweating, whose hearts are pounding. Why? Because Jesus is talking about going away. Now, remember, these guys had given their lives to follow Jesus. It was earlier in, in this same chapter, John chapter 14, that, that Jesus was telling them, I'm going away. And it was Thomas who said, Lord, what are you talking about? You're going away. We don't know where you're going. So these guys had given their lives to follow Jesus. Now he's talking about leaving them, that he's going to die and that he's going to depart but he says in verse 18 that I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Now, if you're a parent, you know this look. Palm sweating, faces flush, you know, heart pounding. If you're a parent and you've ever dropped your kid off at Sunday school for the first time, you know this look. You leave your kid and you wave bye to him. You know, that's pretty traumatic for the parents too, by the way. Leaving your kid in children's church for the first time. And so you're walking away and you're going, my baby, daddy love you. I'll see you later. And the kid's looking like, mom, dad, please don't do this. Don't do this. This is not good. Don't do it. Oh, you know that look. That look on their face of uncertainty. A look that says, mom. Dad, I, I just want to be with you. I, I want to be with you, not here with all these kids. They got smelly diapers. Dad, Mom, I just want to be in your presence. But as a parent, you know what is best for them. You know that you can't always be in their presence. You know they can't always look into your eyes and that you can't always have your eyes on them. You know that. And as a parent, you know there needs to be a season of life where they can learn to get along outside the presence of a parent. And so it is true of Jesus in John chapter 14. Jesus is telling them and he's trying to get them to understand as he says, listen, fellas, I'm going to leave you and I'm going away. 
And outside of my presence, Jesus says, you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to mature and you're going to become complete and lack nothing. And in trusting me as I go away, there's going to be a greater depth and a deeper dynamic in your relationship with God. I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. You're going to have a deeper walk with God and a more intimate relationship with God because I'm going to send you another helper who will be to you, disciples, everything that I was to you as I walked on the earth. I'm going to go. The Holy Spirit's going to come live with inside of you and he's going to take care of you. Another helper. Another helper? Yeah. Now, listen. This word another is a fascinating Greek word. Actually, there are two Greek words in the Greek language for the word another. The first is heteros. H-E, if you're taking notes, H-E-T-E-R-O-S. Heteros. And it means, write this down, another of a different kind. Another of a different kind. And then there's another Greek word, Alos. You want to write that down. A-L-L-O-S. Which means another of the same kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. So you've got two Greek words for this word another. Heteros, which means another of a different kind, and then you have alos, which means another of the same kind. Now, example. If I went into the Calvary bookstore and I told my wife, Elvira, I said, honey, I've worn out my, I've worn out my Bible and I need to get a new Bible. I need to order a new King James open Bible leather with gold trim. I need another Bible. I've worn out the old one. Or I went into the bookstore and I said, honey, I've worn out my Bible. I said, I need another Bible. I like to order an NIV Bible, an NIV adventure Bible with Apocrypha and with life-size fold-out Bible maps of the Holy Land. That's a Bible, but it's another Bible. So the word that Jesus is using here when he says in our text that he's going to send another helper, he is using the word another, alos, another of the same kind, class, and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. Jesus is going to send another comforter, another helper. In other words, he had been their helper. He had been there to teach them to pray. Jesus healed them, and he helped them, and he taught them, and he provided for them. And Jesus says, as I was with you, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you in the same kind. Very important to make that distinction. Now, here's another distinction that we need to make. The Holy Spirit is a who and not a what. Nothing drives me more nuts, y'all, than people who refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. Have you ever heard that? It's like, oh, man, the Holy Spirit, it really moved. And, and referring to the Holy Spirit as it, that's, that's just rude. I mean, how would you like to, someone to refer to you as it? 
No, that's just rude. When in fact, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. Not an essence, not a force, not electricity, not a what, but a person who. A.W. Tozer said it like this. He said, the Holy Spirit is a being dwelling in another mode of existence. He has no weight, nor measure, nor size, nor any color, no extension in space, but he nevertheless exists as surely as you and I exist. The Holy Spirit is a person with all the qualities and powers of personality, not an it, not like electricity, not like we see on TV oftentimes where the Holy Spirit is being thrown out in the audience like a Frisbee. Often we've seen that where, you know, the guy goes, you know, to the audience, you know, to this corner, he goes, bam, and people go, ah, they all fall over, and bam, to the middle, ah, bam, ah, the Holy Spirit's moving, and people get up and do the wave, and they do the running man and the cabbage patch and all this stuff here. And we're like, oh, and you can just throw them around, well, take off your jacket, man, and just kind of wave it at people, and not electricity or force or an it or anything like that. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you say to me, Rodney, listen, what's the big deal, man? So what if somebody refers to him as an it? So what if somebody refers to him as an, an essence or force or electricity? Or if somebody refers to him as a person? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, I think the a big deal, the big deal is how you relate to the Holy Spirit is how you understand him. You see, if you believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, then you're likely to try to channel in and harness and tap in to the force. But if you believe and understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, well, then what you would want to do is submit to him and be led by him and allow him to live in your life and direct your steps and lead you and teach you and guide you into all truth. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.